0: If you're a hockey fan, you're probably already familiar with the name Connor Bedard. If you're not, then this teen hockey star might just change that.
1: Kurashev plays the rebound for Bedard down low. Bedard, scores! He scores! the cross style scores. Unbelievable. <laughs> Connor Bedard. Bedard now, Main Street. He scores. This kid is out of this world.
0: feel bad for you that you can only uh, hear those clips because he is absolutely a joy to watch. Connor Bedard took the hockey world by storm, especially after his performance at the 2023 International World Junior Championship. At barely 18 years old, he was the number one draft pick for the Chicago Blackhawks and signed with the team in July of last year. So what makes him so good? How's he doing now that he's in the NHL at just 18 years old? Here to discuss is WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout. Welcome back, Cheryl. Hi, Patrick. Also with us is Emily Kaplan, NHL reporter for ESPN. Hey, Emily. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And rounding out our panel is Ben Pope, Chicago Blackhawks reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben, thank you for making the time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: So, Emily, I'll start with you. Connor Bedard, he's an 18-year-old rookie center for the Blackhawks, back-to-back Rookie of the Month winner. How would you describe Bedard as a player to someone who's never seen him?
2: Electric. I think that's the first word that comes to mind. Um, Kids these days, they're just so skilled. Um, You know, hockey is a brutal sport. It's very physical. But the skills that these guys display, I mean, they grew up in the YouTube generation of just practicing their handling, um, doing things that we didn't quite imagine. His shot is his most lethal weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, He has the most insane release. It's probably already one of the top two three releases in the entire nhl again he's just 18 years old and the chicago blackhawks are in a rebuild they're designed not to be good right now they want to still be bad to amass more draft picks but this one player who's just 18 years old is single-handedly making them entertaining to watch and that's just how good he is
0: yeah ben um you know emily's talking about kids these days there was so much hype. Bedard was kind of the latest person who got who got anointed very young, and it actually seems like prognosticators in hockey are doing a pretty good job at figuring out who's going to be really incredible when they get to the league. I mean, what had Bedard done as a kid, essentially, and he's still kind of a kid, to show that he was going to be this special as a player?
1: Well, he was uh, just from the start in Canadian juniors. Um, it just in his even earlier teenage years, Uh, was just dominant uh, on a level that we have rarely seen Um, only a few select guys like Connor mcdavid and and austin matthews have have been able to kind of replicate that production so um, i think for years really leading up to the draft last year everyone had kind of anticipated that bedard would be um, the the number one pick that year and potentially the the best number one pick we've seen in in a few years just the way he was able to to dominate uh the, the lower level so uh, yeah, it's certainly he has been able to translate it to the NHL, and uh, it's been impressive to see, uh, especially considering his age and the lack of help that he has around him.
0: Yeah, you mentioned McDavid. You know, Bedard's been compared to McDavid before. Crosby. I wonder, Cheryl, how do you think he compares to some of these these once well, we thought once in a lifetime
3: prospects who who came up: McDavid, Crosby, Austin Matthews. Would you hear Wayne Gretzky? put him in that high class of individual players you know you got somebody special I want to bring up when I was at the game last Wednesday when you know it's the last home game before they went on this road trip was watching the crowd after he scored the only regulation goal and then the overtime goal that place had standing room only that's how big and people know that he is somebody special
0: yeah, you mentioned what Wayne Gretzky has said has has said about him. I want to hear from former NHL defenseman PK Subban, who played very recently. He sat down with the host of the Empty Netters podcast last year. Here's what he had to say about comparing Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid. McDavid is outstanding, but you got to know how to play with Connor McDavid. Yeah. Because he plays at a pace that's higher than everybody else. Now, that's not Connor McDavid's fault. That's how great he is. Connor Bedard, I feel like everybody yeah. can play with that guy. That's a really cool piece of analysis, that right? That you cool have to adjust enough. to McDavid, yeah. whereas yeah. Bedard is like, I'll make you fit in with well, me. Yeah. Bedard can be a setup guy. Yeah. He can be a goal scorer. Yeah. He can be a facilitator. Like, he can do it all. So, Emily, what do you think of PK Subban's take here on Bedard that he can
2: play with anybody? well obviously i agree with my colleague on everything he says. <laughs> yeah, of course um but yeah no it's so true and this year is the perfect example of it because again the blackhawks are in a rebuild their roster just doesn't have that much depth they brought in veteran players that were supposed to help usher him along taylor hall was a former number one pick himself he's helped usher along other number one picks like connor mcdavid mm. taylor hall's out for the season He's no longer able to play on his wing. They brought in Corey Perry to be a veteran mentor. Corey Perry was kicked off the team for disciplinary reasons. One by one, it just feels like they're losing all of these veterans around him, and he's still able to produce. And that's just a testament to him, what he's able to do to drive a line by himself. And when you hear coaches and scouts talk about what makes elite players, it's driving play, driving a line. And Connor Bedard is essentially doing it by himself.
0: Ben, do you think these comparisons—I mean, you brought up McDavid yourself. Do you think the comparisons to to these current and and, and sometimes former greats make sense?
1: I think it makes sense. I mean, he's a different player than each of them, but in terms of his overall ability and potential long-term, I think it it is on that level. I mean, if if he turns into McDavid, the Blackhawks will obviously be thrilled. Um, That's probably the best-case scenario here, but— even if he's just a a top five, top 10 player in the league, which is really a status. He's not far off of, um, that would, that would obviously be huge for the future of the franchise. And, um, that he has some overlapping skills with each of these guys. He's a very agile skater like McDavid. He has an incredible shot, um, like Matthews, but he is his own player. and, And his combination of skills is different and his shooting method is really kind of unlike anything we've seen, his technique and, and that way, and, and just his ability to kind of bounce off contact has um, when compared to Crosby. So it's a little bit of attributes from, from each of these generational guys that he's kind of combining in a, in a new way. and It'll be interesting to see over the coming years how that evolves.
0: Cheryl, on the script here, it, it, it says I should ask if he's lived up to the hype. It sounds like there's <laughs> no question Bedard has lived up to the hype at least so far.
3: You know, I've covered a lot of great players in my career. I've covered Michael Jordan as a rookie. I've covered Patrick Kane. Actually, Dennis Savard, Frank Thomas, he has all those attributes that they had. He is a hard worker. He's the last person uh, off the ice. He constantly, he wants to win. And that will to win is not always in every player like you see with a Conor Bedard. So his desire, his his moxie, and he's a tough kid. He's not a big guy. Mm. But he's got all that. And with that skill, that's why he's so special. You cannot find that all the time. But I've seen it before, and we're seeing it right now. Ben, uh, you travel with the team.
0: Uh, I wonder, what's it like to see Bedard on the road? What kind of reception does he get from fans who, who are definitely not rooting for the Blackhawks?
1: Well, he's definitely the the focus of attention. Um, just in Dallas, uh, the earlier on this road trip, and uh, there was a band performing outside on New Year's Eve, and they are talking about uh, Connor Bedard. So he's definitely kind of synonymous with the Blackhawks, um, even on the road at this point. And there's enough Blackhawks fans at every city around the league that whenever he's announced in the starting lineup, there's always a cheer. And if he scores, there's there's a gap, especially in those Canadian cities where they're kind of more in tune with with the the league overall. In Winnipeg, he scored a really impressive goal back at the beginning of December, and. You could feel kind of the buzz in the building even though the fans weren't happy that it was against their their hometown team. So he really does he really is kind of a magnet wherever he goes. and, and even though the Blackhawks have been struggling to win, uh, he's such an attraction that, as Cheryl mentioned, he's been drawing big crowds in Chicago and elsewhere.
0: You know, I should mention for people who are listening who are maybe not hockey fans who don't understand what, what a big deal it is to say that he might be Connor McDavid. I mean, one of McDavid's nicknames is McJesus. He's essentially a <laughs> Christ like figure to uh, some hockey fans. Is a sense of, of how high the hopes are for Bedard. Uh, for the rest of the season, Cheryl, I mean, what, 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 are you, what are you expecting to see out of Bedard for the rest
3: of the season? This is going to be a difficult time for him because the team has lost a lot of players to injury, like Emily brought up the fact that there are so many injured veterans on that team, so they have a lot of players coming up from Rockford, and that's going to be an interesting challenge for Luke Richardson to be able to get this team to coalesce around a Connor Bedard, and I think that he can, but it's not going to be easy. And the other thing that you have to be, only have to be concerned with is when you lose too much, Sometimes that can weigh on a player, and that's a concern that I th- I see when you have a player like Connor Bedard. Emily, I want to come come back to you. You know, Ben and Cheryl have
0: talked about the crowds that he draws in Chicago and and on the road. Do you get the sense that Bedard feels any any pressure? I mean, is is he feeling the weight of expectations here?
2: If he feels it, he doesn't show it. There's this real precociousness about him. Um, you know, he's felt this since he was in juniors. Last spring, I actually visited him with his. Uh, junior team in Regina, Saskatchewan, and there's just a huge billboard outside of the arena where he plays. We're driving around in his car, and we're stopped at a red light, and people are honking and waving at him. He's a local celebrity. He almost couldn't leave his home. Um, You know, this weight is huge, though. Um, This is the NHL, and everyone is talking about him. Just a little bit of context on hockey culture. It's very deferential. Star players don't like to talk about themselves. They even use the pronouns we or you instead of I. It's this really weird tick. They're always giving credit to teammates, and to begin the season the nhl and media partners like espn put on this massive blitz where we were talking about connor bedard in a way that we really hadn't and many of these precocious stars hadn't come up it had been all front and there were some veteran coaches and players in the league who behind the scenes were kind of complaining about it mm. saying like this is ridiculous let him prove himself and connor bedard just showed up for every interview opening night for example he did a pregame hit he did an intermission with me an intermission with uh sportsnet the canadian partner did postgame with me did the pat mcafee show that day he shows up to everything he doesn't say much but he's very polite very <laughs> professional and the big thing is is that he showed up on the ice and proved that he deserves all these attention and all those complaints and all those murmurs that i had talked about from the veteran coaches and players of the league i haven't heard those in weeks now
0: well ben uh Bedard's most recently recently been named the NHL's Rookie of the Month two months in a row, November and December. You know, we talked about how good he was already coming into the league, but how would you compare how he's playing now to the first game he played in the NHL at the start of the season?
1: Well, he's certainly improved, and I think that would be to be expected. Um, I mean, on the opening road trip, uh, the Blackhawks started the season with five straight road games, um, and he was certainly good in those games, but he wasn't, Dominant, um, particularly the game in Colorado to finish that trip, uh, they really shut him down. Uh, he wasn't able to do much at all, and uh, we saw after the first few weeks him start to find his rhythm. And in November, he averaged a point per game, In December he averaged a point per game. Uh, and the Blackhawks faced Colorado again in late December, and uh, Bedard um, had a, had a much stronger game, had several points, and and led the Blackhawks to an upset win, and that was an interesting barometer of how he had grown. Uh, when facing Nathan McKinnon, uh, Colorado's big star and, and one of the top names in the league, and, and how he was able to, uh, to just in those two months in between facing him, make such a big stride. So it's not like he's dominant every game still, but we've certainly seen a big improvement in him. And I think as in the years to come, as he gets even more comfortable and gets a better support staff around him, we'll only see him continue to, to you know take over games more and more often.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about how Bedard came up, you know, how, how he started. Emily, uh, you mentioned, you know, visiting him. You uh, you profiled Bedard before the draft. Where does this hockey journey start for, for him? And is there some secret to why he is so good at shooting?
2: Yeah, so he actually, I mean, my broadcast partner on the uh, ESPN broadcast is Ray Farrar. He's our analyst. He lives in the British Columbia area. He was first alerted to Connor bedard i believe when he was like six or seven years old and the story that ray tells is i'm not going to rank to see like a seven-year-old i'm good <laughs> um but lo and behold it did become Connor bedard and he actually broke i believe it was his wrist one year and so he practiced in his backyard again and again just shooting with one hand and that can explain why his release is so incredible. But again, this is a kid who was appointed from a very young age in the same vein as Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby as being a prodigy. Just imagine the attention, the pressure that's around that. And every level, every different step along the way, he has not only lived up to those expectations, but he's really surpassed them.
0: I mean, Ben, Ben, Bedard is, is the seventh person ever to be granted exceptional status to play hockey in Canada full time at 14. I mean, considering it's Canada, the hockey, you know center of the universe, uh, th- that's a pretty big deal.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a huge thing and as soon as anyone gets that designation there's immediately a ton of spotlight, a ton of pressure on them to live up to it and, and we have seen a few guys over the past decade or two not really turn into mm-hmm. NHL stars with that designation and uh, it's it's tough to succeed when there's that much pressure even though a person who gets that designation obviously has a lot of talent as well, um, but it, it, as it's as we've discussed here, it is not only that he's very talented, but he's also really good at, at handling the spotlight. And he just loves the game. He wants to be on the ice at at every possible moment. The Blackhawks have joked about having to pay him to, to not get on the ice on days when he's supposed to be resting. So um, I think it's just that, that other focus and that dedication and that love for the game that, that has allowed him to kind of tune out a lot of the pressure and noise and, and just focus on this craft, which is obviously pretty exceptional and, that seems to have worked out pretty well for
0: him. Cheryl, does that work ethic that, that you all are talking about here, I mean, does that impress in the locker room? Does
3: it give him sort of stature among his teammates despite how young he is? I, I think they respect him. I don't think it's a status thing. I think mm. a respect is what's really important for him at this point. He's got a humility, but he also has strong confidence in what he does. So you have to have that balance there. You know, they all know that he's somebody special. You know, they, they're, they're, you know when you have somebody that's special, everyone else feels it. And they—they're not and, and the best thing about it, there's no jealousy, hmm. and that can happen in sports. I've seen it too many times in sports, but you don't feel any jealousy going on with this young man. That—that's fascinating. I—I I think it's really interesting that Connor Bedard
0: has a connection to the Blackhawks, right? His his great great uncle Jim Bedard played for the Blackhawks from uh, 49 to 51. Is that right? I didn't, I didn't cover him. I, I, you know what? If you were to ask me that, I was <laughs> not going to ask if you covered him. I although I do know how. Uh, uh, I do know. Uh, you know you know your history very well, despite the fact that you were not uh, covering him at the time. Um, a big qu- a question I want to ask each of you. The Blackhawks have essentially the hardest thing to get, which is it seems like they have a superstar. They have a a you know a number one center. Um, what do they need? I'll, Cheryl, I'll start with you. What do they need to do to build a Stanley Cup champion around Bedard?
3: Well, they're going to have to really do well in these next—they're going to have a top draft pick again next year. Uh, they have to develop their players. They have a lot of young prospects that they have to develop and, and make sure that they can get, get around them. But they have to continue to have the strong veterans. Mm. Nick Foligno, he's somebody that has really been helpful for them. But they need to get this. It's, it's going to be a slow-moving, glacial move to, get to the playoffs, I think. But it could happen. And I think Luke Richardson has done a very good job with it. Emily, what do you think? Is it about, you know, you talked about sort of through
0: injury and, and other things, losing a couple of the veterans this year. Is it is it refreshing those veterans for next year? What, what do the Blackhawks need to do to, to help with Bedard's development?
2: You know, I honestly think it's just managing the expectations of the fan base. Again, mm-hmm. just looking at the larger picture here, we just came off an era where they won a ton of Stanley Cups, carried so much favor in this city, um, had Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays as their stalwarts, and basically told both last season, Sorry, I know you guys love it here, but we've got to move on. We've got to turn the new chapter. Won the draft lottery, got Connor Bedard, and want to build around him to give him the team fully. They've done a really good job over the last few years of amassing draft picks, and their amateur scouting staff is fantastic. Some of the guys that they have who aren't even in junior, I mean, aren't even in the AHL, you know, the top minor league affiliate yet, they're still in college hockey or in juniors are stud prospects. But the word you keep hearing around the Blackhawks coaching staff and their GM Kyle Davidson is marinate. They want these guys to marinate so that when they come up, they're all ready to go at the same time as Bedard, and they can build that next dynasty. So I think they're on the right path. I think they just need to manage the expectations and maybe the angst of the fan base who wants to have it sooner uh, rather than what they were trying to build, which is something sustainable. Ben,
0: um, you know, we're talking about marinate. Cheryl used the word glacial. What is the realistic timeline for this team, not to be in the Stanley Cup, but but to be in the playoffs?
1: I think the... Obviously, this season is going to end up in another top five pick. I think next year we would expect to see some improvement. We would want to to see the team take steps forward, but they probably won't be a playoff team next year either. I think when you start looking at 2025, 2026, then maybe that would be the expectation. It will obviously depend on what happens the next few summers in terms of their prospect development and the kind of free agents they bring in because they are going to have to spend some money just to get to the NHL salary cap floor Uh, the the minimum team salary number. So they're going to have to bring in some some more established players. But um, so it's going to depend on that. But uh, ultimately, I think when you start looking two years down the line, you're going to start to see uh, the team have higher expectations. And and certainly, as you mentioned, not to be a Stanley Cup contender, maybe that soon, but um, they'd like to start contending for the playoffs uh, maybe around that time or or the year after if, if they take things especially slowly.
0: That is Ben Pope, Chicago Blackhawks reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. You also heard from Emily Kaplan, an NHL reporter for ESPN. And here in the studio with me, Cheryl Ray Stout is a sports contributor for WBEZ. Thank you all so much for your time today.
3: Thank you.